What's up, mamas? Welcome to Boon Baby Podcast, the podcast all about ditching Dr. Google and taking your fertility success into your own hands. Today, we are taking an in-depth look at my three pillars of fertility success. Plus, I will give you a few tips and tricks about mindset and keeping your head on straight when it comes to the infertility crazy train. You know what I'm talking about. So, stay tuned for that. This is one podcast you don't want to miss if you're planning on conceiving in 2022. Without further ado, grab your notebook and let's pregnant. Hi there, I'm your host, Amanda Matthews with Boone Fertility, your Theta Healer and Zone Balance Practitioner. I have been working with female health for over 10 years and I am super excited to be bringing what I've learned alternatively through all of the different avenues that I have been down right here to you in this one-stop shop where you can get clarity. My number one goal is that you leave this podcast with clarity and of course that you get that baby in your arms. So let's get started on my three pillars of fertility success. This is a formula that I have used on many, many women just like you who have tried everything, who have no answers, who have symptoms that they don't understand, um, mystery infertility, miscarriage, um, ovulation issues. We're going to get into a lot of that. So let's get started here. My number one thing or number one health issue that I'm always going to address every time you come in is going to be inflammation. Now, I know you've heard that before and you're like, ugh, nothing new, but inflammation is a huge part of not only making a baby, but keeping a baby because inflammation in the uterus is the number one cause of early miscarriage. That's right. Inflammation in the uterus is the number one cause of early miscarriage. So if you are someone who is having recurring miscarriage and you're frustrated and you don't know what to do, let's talk about inflammation. Now, where does inflammation come from and why does it matter? Well, inflammation is one of those things that is kind of going to be through all parts of the body, not just one part of the body. So if you look at a woman, most of the time our trunks are pretty little And you think about all of the inner organs that we have stuffed inside of our bellies. There's the liver, the spleen, the pancreas, the intestines, the uterus, the ovaries. All of them are pretty close together. It's pretty scrunchy in there. So I think a lot of times we think of our reproductive organs as separate from the rest of our body, but they're very much part of our entire system. So if there's inflammation in the bowels, That can cause really painful periods and cramping, especially if you're someone with endometriosis. You've got to keep up on the inflammation in those bowels. And if there's inflammation in the ovaries, there's most likely inflammation in the uterus. So it's all interconnected. It's not like we can just eat something and be like, oh, that'll not cause inflammation in my reproductive system, only in my bowels, because they're all so closely connected. So I want you to remember that your body is a whole. And we're looking at a whole body healing. But inflammation, too, is not coming from your bowels. It's not coming from any certain organ. 
What is actually causing your inflammation is a low-grade viral infection. So if you have a viral infection in your uterus, you're going to have inflammation there. This information is not information that you're going to find on Google. So stay with me here. I know it's a little bit new. Um, straight out of the mouth of Anthony William, he says the inflammation is the cause of reoccurring miscarriage, and I have found that to be true over and over and over with my girls. So the Epstein-Barr viral load in your reproductive organs is going to not only mess with your implantation and keeping a baby, but it's going to mess with our hormone receptors. So hormones get the rap for so many things. Like seriously, I know you guys know what this is like. My hormones are all over the place. My hormone levels are this. My hormone levels are that. I need progesterone. I need estrogen. I need then there's like these things called androgens, which is just another fancy word for estrogens, and it's just all over the place. Um, I want to stop that confusion with hormones right there. Not to discount hormones because they are vital to our reproductive process. Like, yes, we do need progesterone to tell our body to start making a placenta. However, hormones are not the root cause of inflammation. The Epstein-Barr virus is. The Epstein-Barr viruses, it's not the hormones. The hormones are just the messengers. They go from the limbic system in the brain to the reproductive system. They go from the thyroid to the reproductive system. They are just the messengers. They are what's telling the body what to do. However, if you're full of a viral infection or a low-grade viral infection and you have this inflammation, you are going to have that route that the messengers usually travel on disrupted. And that is why a lot of time women come in and they say, oh, my progesterone levels are low. And it's like, yes, but mostly they're just not getting to where they need to go because they can't because they're being blocked by that inflammation. And that is a huge reason why so many women are taking all the synthetic progesterone, trying to help them keep their babies is because they have that inflammation in the uterus. So Let's get into what we can do about it. You're like, okay, what am I going to do about it though? Um, taking on an antiviral protocol is huge. And I do that with most of my ladies that come in. And if you've worked with me before, you're like, oh my gosh, I know this already, which is awesome. I freaking love that my ladies are becoming so wise about their bodies and, and sharing the information. I love that. So anyway, an antiviral protocol is going to look like you taking on antiviral herbs and foods into your body, like fruit is actually antiviral, ginger is antiviral, um, garlic is antiviral, so taking in like thyme, oregano, these are antivirals, turmeric is antiviral, getting these antiviral herbs into our bodies is huge. And you've probably heard before, like, turmeric is incredible for inflammation. Yeah, because it's an antiviral. So all these antivirals are amazing. Then in the supplement line of things, we want to be taking our zinc. We want to be taking a lemon balm. Peppermint is incredible for inflammation. A licorice root is really good at knocking down viral load. 
and those should all be safe while TTC in the supplement line and um, a really safe, gentle, but powerful way to knock out that inflammation so that you can move forward knowing that you are cleaning your body in the best way possible. The other thing is to not be adding in inflammatory foods. So foods that are inflammatory, as you probably already know, um, white sugar is a big offender. That is an inflammatory food, absolutely. But what you may not have known is dairy products are huge when it comes to inflammation. And this is becoming more and more common. I'm seeing this more and more like researching even non-alternative routes. I'm seeing this more and more like it's becoming a thing when women are having issues with infertility. Most of the time their provider will tell them to knock out the dairy, which is awesome because it is an inflammatory food. This one is something that you're going to hate me for saying, but eggs, you guys, you have to take the eggs out of your diet or you're never going to move forward. I have seen miracles come from women coming in and taking eggs out of their diet. I am telling you, I promise you. I know that it is controversial and I don't hate eggs and I have nothing against them, but they are so inflammatory and that inflammation is going to mess with your hormones. It's going to mess with your implantation process. So dial back the eggs, dial back the dairy and dial back the sugar. And if you're somebody who's already done all that and you're like, okay, like tell me something I don't know, <laughs> try knocking out the corn. Corn is an incredibly GMO crop. It's sprayed with Roundup. You guys probably already know all of this, but if you didn't, fun fact, Roundup is a super inflammatory. So anything that is GMO sprayed like that is going to cause inflammation in the bowels that leaks into the reproductive system. So taking corn and corn products out is going to be massive for you. And that is how, my dear, we are going to knock out the inflammation so that you can have a beautiful implantation process. Now, step number two, something that I always have to go through with all my moms, especially in this space and time where we're at in the world where everything is quick and fast and everything has to be convenient is please don't let your computer or your app tell you when to make love. You guys, we need to listen to our bodies. If you're tracking on an app, that's fantastic, actually. That's an amazing place to start. And tracking, I know just that word is like, oh, it's intimidating. I don't know where to start. I used to feel the same way. You, I seriously, I was like, what do I do here? I have no fat clue. I had my son, still had no clue how to chart, <laughs> had my daughter, still had no clue how to chart, and then throughout like nursing her and everything, I started learning about it, and I was like, this actually isn't as scary as I thought. Why did I think this was so complicated? And now that I do it, I love it, because even if I'm not using it for pregnancy or to prevent pregnancy or whatever, which I do, it's also my monthly report card and it tells me if something's off with my body so I can see what I need to tweak with my body. It is a way that nature tells us, hey, <laughs> you have an underlying health issue here or you have too much stress here or you're eating too much of this or not enough this or 
you need more calories or more water, whatever it is, is an incredible report card. It's your period responds to your your environment as well. So that is really, really cool. If you can start tracking your cycle and planning your calendar around that, your life is going to be so much easier. I'm telling you, like when you're at that luteal phase and you have nothing on your calendar except just watching movies and hanging out with your kids, that is an amazing thing. I digress. You should look into charting for just that reason. However, uh, we're going to look into charting today. And the reason I am saying I'm not bashing on apps. I have apps. That's what I use to track. Um, I also have paper because I'm old school, but I use my app most of the time. And in this year, 2021, I use the Ovia app and the Kindar app, and I like them both. They're both free and they're both super easy to use. What I do is I go into the app and I turn off the setting that predicts my ovulation. So you need to get the app, but you need to go in and turn off the setting that predicts ovulation. This is because ovulation is, okay, let me start over. Most of the apps are built on an algorithm or what is also called the rhythm method, which goes by whatever the first day of your cycle is, 12 to 14 day later, days later, it's going to say that's your fertile week, which works most of the time. But honestly, most all of us are not the same. Women are so unique. And because our periods respond to our environment, our periods are not always the same. If, for example... Let me give you an example here. If I start my period the first day of the month, I'm supposed to ovulate on the 14th day. However, if I have a deadline I need to meet or if I am taking a huge test or if I have a death in the family or if I get sick or if I have a promotion coming up at work, my ovulation can hold itself off until after that trauma or that stress is over. So you might be thinking you're ovulating, but you're not. And the reason it's becoming more and more common for women to miss their ovulation window is because we're under so much stress, you guys, all the time, every day. We're like running the rat race. We have deadlines. We have school runs. We have, you know, we have our kids. We have our businesses. We have our just TTC alone is insanely stressful. And so if you can kind of learn your body, it's better because you know for sure that you're hitting that ovulation window. And then you can actually find your peak day, which is a super powerful move because then you can hit the nail right on the head. You know we're only fertile uh, 24 hours out of the entire month. The egg is only available to be fertilized for 24 hours out of the entire month. This was insane to me when I learned this because I remember high school, like, you know, sex ed. All they're pounding into your head is like, be careful, be careful. You can get pregnant anytime, anywhere, any place, you know, and it's like, oh, and then you grow up and you realize, actually, I only am fertile 24 hours out of the whole month. And the reason that you have a fertile week is because 
the sperm can live in the cervical mucus up to six days. But we will go over that some more in a minute. However, your peak day is just those 24 hours. So we need to figure out your peak day. So let's go over three easy tips to do that so that you're not overwhelmed and you don't just want to freak out because I know you're already stressed just trying to make that baby. I'm here to give you clarity. I will say it again and again. Okay, step number one, get yourself a BBT or a basal body thermometer. The reason it has to be basal body is because the basal body thermometer measures your temperature by decimals. And the decimals are important because when your temperature rises, it rises about two decimal points or so after you have ovulated. So it looks like this. Right when you wake up in the morning, your waking temperature is your basal body temperature. You wake up before you even open your eyes. You reach over on your nightstand. You grab your basal body thermometer. You plop it in your mouth and push the button and you wait until it gives you a reading. And then you put it into your app or your calendar or your BBT chart, which a BBT chart is just a chart that has all of your temperatures on it for the month. Then what this tells us is that we have successfully ovulated. And that's important because it helps us find our peak day because it's like the peak day is the day that egg is dropped. And the day after that, our temperature will rise because we're no longer fertile and we're no longer um, available to like that egg is no longer available. So it tells us that we have ovulated. It's super helpful because you want to know that you're ovulating, number one, especially if you are someone who is living like a stressful lifestyle or if you're just not sure where that egg is. That is super easy. It's a super easy way to pinpoint where your peak day is. The other thing is if you are not interested in taking your temperature because it's a pain in the ass or you're too busy, uh, they do have like watches you can buy. They have temp drop. It's a band that goes on your arm. It connects to your phone through Bluetooth and your phone literally tracks your temperature perfectly all night. So if that is something that works better for you, do that. That is going to be so helpful in telling you where your peak day is so that you can actually hit the nail on the head when you're trying to decide when to make love. The next thing that you want to do, oh, you know what? That was actually number two. Let's go back to number one. Number one is find the first day of your cycle. The first day of your cycle is the first day of your period. That's it. Super simple. If I start my period on the first day of the month, um, that's the first day of my cycle. It's going to then my whole entire cycle is going to be about 28 to 35 days long. So your entire cycle is the entirety of the period, the ovulation, the luteal phase, all of it together. The actual period is going to be the first day of your cycle. First day of your cycle is the first day you bleed. 14 days later, 12 to 14 days, you should ovulate about a couple days after that, you'll be in your luteal phase, 
which just means you ha have already ovulated, and then you'll start all over again. Okay, so number one, the first day of your period is the first day of your cycle. Number two, get a BBT temperature thermometer so that you can track your temperature. Number three is your mucus. Mucus is a beautiful thing. It is a big, stretchy sperm highway, and it's going to be the thing that keeps the sperm alive in those cervical, uh, what are they, cervical crepes or the cervical lips or the cervical wrinkles inside, inside the like vaginal crypts that you have inside your reproductive system. That is where that mucus is going to hang out and keep the sperm alive. That is why, my dear, you are fertile for an entire week instead of just 24 hours because the sperm lives in that mucus. That mucus is taking the sperm right to the egg. It is like the matchmaker between the confused sperm and the egg. And the reason that some people have to hit their peak day right on the head, sometimes down to the hour, is because their mucus is not really doing its job and also probably that the sperm is pretty weak. So if you have stronger mucus, that's half the battle. You are already way ahead of yourself. <laughs> so give yourself a round of applause. If you do not have strong, healthy, plentiful mucus, it's not like you have to have a ton, but you should be able to tell throughout the month, like right after your, your period is over, it will start to rebuild. It will be like, it'll go through the phase of like, it's dry. Then it becomes like more like a lotion texture. And then it becomes like more like an egg white texture that you can stretch between your fingers. And that is the good stuff. Now, this is what it looks like to chart your mucus. You first thing in the morning, take your temperature, go to the bathroom. And before you urinate or use the bathroom, you're going to get a small piece of tissue and wipe from back to front over that perineum or that area between the anus and the vagina. And you're going to just lightly wipe and then look at the tissue and see what's on it and investigate and see, like, is it like lotion? Does it melt between your fingers? Is it stretchy? Does it stretch between your fingers more than an inch? more than once. That is the good stuff. Uh, some people get a lot of it, which is good. And it will be changing like that. And it should be changing like that. And that is how we are able to tell when our most fertile day is. The most fertile day you have, you should have the most mucus. Because that's your body's way of saying, let me help you get from point A to point B. So with mucus, that is a really good way to chart. And then I just put it in my app as well. I just write down like dry, um, you know, whatever it is, dry, lotion, egg white, whatever you want to say. And if you are someone who has very little mucus and you're listening to this, I'm going to now drop you a couple tips on how to improve your mucus. So the first thing is you need more water. You need to be better hydrated and you need more fruit. Fruit is an incredible mucus builder. It is also going to help balance the pH of that mucus so that it's not so acidic. If we have super acidic mucus, it's, it's not good because it's going to kill the sperm. 
the sperm is already going through a super hostile environment as it's going up through the reproductive system trying to reach the egg. The mucus is the one thing that's like, here, I won't kill you <laughs> because the whole rest of your body is trying to kill that mucus. Your immune system's like, or trying to kill that sperm. Your immune system's like, this is an invader and we have to kill it. And your mucus is like, no, he's with me. It's fine. I'm going to take him in. So he's kind of like your bouncer at the club. Anyway, um, <laughs> you want to eat that fruit. You want to get that water in because our bodies are, um, what am I trying to say? 70% water. Am I wrong? Anyway, we're made of a lot of water. We need a lot of water to be balanced and to be healthy. And if we're not hydrated enough, our body's going to first give that water to our vital organs and the reproductive system is kind of left out in the cold. So we want to make sure we have all that extra water because it takes water to make mucus. Mucus is actually a lot percent water, which I can't remember right now, but you can look it up and tell and text it to me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I looked it up before. It was fascinating to realize that you do need all that extra water to make that extra mucus. If you're someone who is just like super dry, but you're trying to make a baby today, but you don't want to have to spend time building your mucus and blah, 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 I would recommend that you use a coconut oil lubricant because uh, they just did a recent study on what sperm likes best and the results and results were coconut oil. Okay. Coconut oil. If you can't get your mucus up. And so aside from tracking your mucus, the other thing you can do is get the LH test strips or the ovulation strips. And when you are at about day 10 of your cycle, you start testing every morning or every afternoon, however your strips work. And basically, an ovulation test works pretty much like a pregnancy test where you just pee on it and it will tell you if you're ovulating or not. And, and that tells you that you will be ovulating within the next 12 to 24 hours, I believe. So it predicts your ovulation, which is super cool. And also, they're not always super accurate, which is why I like to tell my ladies to do the mucus and the ovulation tests if they're worried about it. Um, so you take the ovulation test every day up until you find your peak day. And you probably want to do it a couple months in a row just so that you can know exactly what your peak day is. And some women will do it every single month until they conceive, which is up to you. If all of this is too overwhelming, I invite you to take a little bit easier of an approach, which is find the first day of your period. About 10 days after that, just start making love every other day. That should hit the nail on the head. It does need to be every other day because every day is going to kind of exhaust your partner's sperm. So he needs about 48 hours to rebuild. So every other day after day 10, that is what's going to do the trick most of the time. So now we've talked about inflammation and we've talked about charting and hopefully that brought some clarity to your charting world because when I first started charting, I know I just wanted to go somewhere that had all the information right there for me and it and I didn't find anything like that. I love taking charge of your fertility, though. That book really was awesome. Uh, if you're trying to look online, 
I just haven't found a resource online that I love because most people give snippets of stuff here and there, but they don't really give the full story. So start with those three tips. And if you need to get more in depth, I recommend reading, taking charge of your fertility. That is going to give you a huge leg up. Most of you guys are like, I've already read that. (laughs) But if you haven't and you're new to the game, um, definitely get your hands on that book. That is a super good book. Okay, so now we're going to the third pillar of my reproductive success, which is invest in your team. Um, Mindset is a huge underrated part of TTC. You guys already know this. It is excruciating to try to go through this process alone. So you need to build your bump team or your bump squad or whatever you want to call it, but you really need to have a team of people around you that you can trust, that you can kind of fall fall on, that can pick you up when you're feeling low, and invest in a mentor, which, you know, would be someone like me or a an establishment that works with reproductive health. Because here's the thing. You want to be a mom and your desire to be a mom is there because you should be a mom. And if you believe in your heart 100% that you are going to be a mom and you want to be a mom, then you need to invest like you do. So stop kind of putting one foot in the door here and half a foot in the door here and trying this for one month and this for one month. You need to invest in a team invest in a program, invest in a whatever it is, you need to go 100%. You need to take it 1000%. You need someone there to hold you accountable to say, this is what you said you're going to do. Someone that believes in you. But I also want to add that nobody's going to care about this journey as much as you, mama. This is your journey to your baby. So you need to be the one leaving it all on the dance floor. You have got to commit to whatever program you're doing. You have got to commit. And instead of hoping for a baby and wishing for a baby and waiting for a baby, which are all good things, you want to change and shift that mindset to this is happening. I will have that baby. This is what, like, there's no, basically you burn the ships. You are like, you are not going back. You are making this baby. You are making this happen. This is happening. And that is the mindset of, of the people around you as well. So find your team, find your mentor, find your healer, find your, whoever it is that believes in you that much as you believe in yourself, because you deserve that. And you deserve to invest in yourself and invest in in being a mom because I can tell you on this side of things of being a mom, it is worth it. It's going to be worth it. You will not regret investing in a team. You will not regret investing that money. You will not regret investing that time. Once that baby's in your arm, you will not regret any of it. Now, if you're interested in working with me, I um, have a website called boonfertility.com and my name is Amanda Matthews. You can see what I'm up to on Instagram at boonfertility or you can call, text, or message me 
You can contact me on my website. You can schedule an appointment or a free phone consultation, which is an amazing way to just get in touch with me and talk with me and see if I'm not right for you. Maybe I know somebody that is or give you some ideas that maybe you haven't thought of yet. So I am here for you 100% for that. Now I told you I would leave you with some tips and tricks on mindset and I'm here for it. I'm going to definitely do an entire another podcast on mindset and I wanted to leave you with something because mindset, I'm just realizing more and more how important mindset is on this journey. So when you are on this fertility journey, I wanted to just kind of go over a little bit about what mindset actually is. And I wanted to give you some exercises um, that will help you to plan for the future, but stay in the present. So mindfulness, what it actually is, is being in the moment. Uh, It's so hard to be in the moment when we want that baby because all we can think about is that next test, that next thing. We're sitting there eating our super bland, egg-free dinner, and all we can think about is the future and we want our baby and we're looking at the future. Um, I'm going to tell you right now that living in the future is going to leave you with nothing but anxiety because you can't control the future and it's just going to drive you crazy because you don't know what's around the next bend. What you do know is how you can react to what's around the next bend. So that's mindfulness is knowing how you are going to respond to what's around the next bend instead of constantly just worrying about what's around the next bend. The other thing is if we're not being mindful and living in the moment, then we're living in the past. And what that is like is like trying to climb Mount Everest, but constantly checking behind your shoulder to remind yourself that you tripped back there or that you forgot your coat back there or that you lost something back there and just beating yourself up about those steps that you took back there. It's like, You're never going to reach the top of that mountain if you keep looking back and shaming yourself and guilting yourself for where you've been. So just staying one step at a time, looking at your feet, staying steady, having a team around you that will help to push you up the mountain instead of saying, oh, you did something so stupid back there. Remember that? It's like every day you're learning. You didn't know what you didn't know before you even listened to this podcast. Like you didn't know. You're learning all the time, and that is also something that is preparing you to be a mom. Let me tell you, when you're a mom, you learn on the fly. There is nobody that can teach you how to be a mom. You have to learn that shit, and it comes fast and hard sometimes. So you're just preparing to be a mom. You can learn on the fly. You got this. You're smart. You're you're quick. Staying mindful means living your life four seconds at a time. Our Brains literally work four seconds at a time. You are only paying attention four seconds at a time. It's like squirrel, squirrel, every four seconds. So setting yourself up to be living four seconds at a time is huge. Because you're going to literally be like, I'm tasting what I'm eating. I'm smelling what I'm breathing. I'm seeing who I'm talking to. You're in the moment as much as possible. And in the moment, it's a lot easier to 
be empowered and be hopeful and have gratitude. In the moment is where we're going to find our peace. Now that I have left you with that mindset, I hope that that's helpful. And I hope that you have found this podcast helpful. It's been amazing talking to you. I am so excited to share all this information and I can't wait for my next podcast coming up. I've already got a couple ideas brewing. Please reach out to me if you have questions or if I can support you in any way. And mama, you are an amazing mom already. You're way ahead of yourself. You're doing better than you think you are. Don't give up. Leave it all on the dance floor. And I will talk to you really soon.